I get asked this question of how do I find my niche, right? What is my niche? How do I find it? Um, And if that is you, let us know uh, because this episode is specifically for you because we found five successful entrepreneurs to talk about their formula and how they feel about finding your niche. And it's a little bit different. We only have one, I'll be honest with you. We only have one that has like a typical how to find your niche formula. The rest is going to make you guys think, right? Um, So for the first one, we actually have uh, an entrepreneur that we have covered a few times here, which is Ali. How do you say his name? How do you say his last name? I really don't know. I, I, I messed that one up quite a bit myself. Anyways, if you're watching the video, uh, this is his name. Isaiah will put it on the bottom as far as his last name. Ali Abdal. I don't want to butcher his last name, but you know when you hear the voice. And this is what he thinks about uh, niching down. What is my niche? Who is this target audience that I'm targeting with my content? And it's important to figure out, but it's not important to figure out at the start. At the start, the most important thing is to just actually do the work and get good at making YouTube videos or get good at writing. And then over time, your niche will emerge. So I'm not mad at this one, right? The reason why I'm not mad at it is because a lot of us don't start because we're trying to figure out the niche or the niche part, right? And like, really, what what am I really good at? But we actually haven't even put in the work to truly figure out what we're good at or where are the gaps. Like when you're actually in the the weeds of things and actually doing your or being a part of your market, you're going to see things from a totally different open mind of what's happening and what's not happening. And you won't see that unless you're actually doing it. Yes, we can do, go into the research and, and we'll get into that later and, and better prepare us for those particular times. But we really don't see what's really happening in the inside until we actually do the work. So I'm not mad that he said, don't focus on the niche part, focus on doing the work and, and getting better. And then you will eventually see what you really lean towards because you could say one thing and then you realize later, eh, I, mean, I don't, I don't really like this. I don't like this for me. This is not, I, I like flowers. I don't even like computers. I like flowers. I want to, I want to talk about flowers and you'd be like, Oh, snap. Okay. Well, let's go do that. You know? So, um, just do the work. You feel me? Um, the second one is said by, Oh man, I'm going to mess this name up, but I'm going to say it's today. Y'all it's Anique single sing sing. Oh, man, Anik, I know that one, okay? Um, and he breaks down the five ways to uh, find a profitable niche. 
five things that I look for when I'm trying to choose a great niche. Number one, digital friendly. I don't want to necessarily always have to deal with physical products. Physical products require money, shipping and warehousing and blah, blah, blah. And the margins are always minimal on it. So I want a digital friendly niche. Competition. A lot of people out there would say competition is bad. We should find a niche that has zero competition. That's exactly what I did when I first started. I made three sales. Competition is good because if there's other people making money in the niche, guess what? It's proven. And so I would rather have a tiny sliver of a huge pie than to have a big piece of a small pie. Size of audience. I want to make sure they have a huge audience size. Number four is popularity in search. Google's got an awesome tool that literally gives you all the specifics, all the details, and Google is happy to say, okay, here's how many times keywords are searched on our platform to give you a really good idea of how many people care. And then last but not least, long-term potential. I want to be in a niche where I can develop a relationship with someone over time. As they grow, they'll still need me and still want to do business with me because then my lifetime value, LTV, goes high. And this is so good. This is definitely worth the wait. If you're listening and you're about 45 or 46 minutes in, I'm glad you're still here because this is legitimately an entire blueprint and masterclass all in one in a matter of 60 seconds. In my opinion, probably the number one mistake that people make when getting into a business or starting their brand online is that they jump into whatever they're passionate, passionate about and they don't do enough research to pull the layers back and see if there's a business there. Yes, we can always assume that there are going to be other people who are interested and passionate about the things that we're interested in, but that doesn't necessarily mean it will always convert into a business. I think some of the most influential people on the planet do a tremendous job of doing that. They bring a lot of credibility and they even design almost an entire category or market in their space around the things that they're passionate about. But there are a lot of people who don't have that same capability or just it takes a lot more effort. They don't have enough time to wait until something pops. So I agree with this wholeheartedly. I think definitely for everyone starting at first, either you invest enough time to really figure out what space you want to be in before you go all in and create it, or do the following steps as mentioned there, or at least a couple of them to get a better idea. Is this going to be worth my time? Because the last thing you want to do is invest two years of your time, effort, energy, and money, and then realize that there's no real money or there is no real opportunity for you to monetize. Now, listen, if you create a space and you want to build your brand around having a safe space or a community for people to just gather of like-minded interest and or passions, and you have no intent to monetize, then no problem. I think you can proceed as you wish. But in this particular case, I want to make sure that it's clear that if you aim to convert to a business and essentially monetize, it's really, really good to have a lot of that data and information behind you as well. Facts. Now, the next one is, this is the one that's a bit typical, and you've probably heard this one, but this is done by a really uh, dope content creator, entrepreneur, top podcaster, uh, Pat Flynn. First, you can narrow down demographically. Number two, classification, how a person classifies themselves. Number three, your niching down could be based on a specific goal. Fourth and finally, you could be basing this off of the pain or the problem. This is very similar to goals. In fact, the goal is often the solution to the problem. So what's cool about what Pat said, it just gives a, uh, different ways to niche down. So everything from 
your audience, to the goal, to the pain points, you will find something that you can pretty much go really in on with no problem. So it's just giving you different options, right? Um, and, and going based off the very first one where you, like, you don't necessarily need to niche, just do the work. Now you've done the work. Now you see who you attract from ages to uh, location to marital status. You, you've seen who you attract. You know some of their pain points, right? You know what keeps them up at night. You know what they struggle with and what they need solutions with. You know what goals they want to accomplish. And if you have an easier way, a faster way uh, of, of transformation for them to have those goals, like you're able to do that. So this is just a way to have options when picking your niche, right? The the next one we have, I'm excited to hear what Moose has to say because this one is done uh, by Dan Coe and I'm going to be uh, reading this one in particular. He says in a tweet or wherever platform he normally writes in, let's make this whole one person business thing simple. One, build for yourself. Two, write to yourself. Three, sell to yourself. There are millions of people with the same interests, problems, and desires, and you only need to find a fraction of them. The most profitable niche is you. First off, Dan Cole, incredible uh, writer, thinker. I love his videos, and shout out to you, Nix, for introducing uh, myself, and I'm sure the rest of the listeners to him, too, because I what, didn't know any of his content before this. But, you know, and, and this is almost against what I just said previous to this around, hey, it takes a special person to do just that. And for me, I'll tie this directly into the, into the flight assessment and say that I think the most influential personality types, those who are influential, charming, extroverted, dominant in nature, those are the ones who typically can do that because they start a trend. They're naturally more, they have almost this thing about them to attract others into their space. And so I think I'm at that crossroads now where I'm starting to really understand why there are people who are front and center when it comes to brand building, that is. And why there are some people that make you wonder like, man, why doesn't this person have their own brand? Why do they choose to want to be behind the scenes? And I think it's for this exact reason. It's not everyone can literally open up shop and turn their lifestyle into a brand or a business or turn their passions and their experience into a brand or a business and have other people want to take part in that experience. Because I'm sure someone's listening to this and saying, dude, have you seen some of the crazy things that are up for sale or some of the crazy experiences that are up for sale? And yes, I agree with you, but the way I make sense of it now in my business journey and in my business experience, I literally tie it directly to people's personality styles. And I have just seen that the extroverted personality styles that take their experience and monetize it, those are the ones that typically are more successful. And I uh, have not seen introverts, I don't wanna, I don't, of course, I don't wanna speak in extremes, but I have not seen a lot of extroverts do that successfully as much as the extroverts, in my humble opinion. I'm not mad about your humble opinion. I'm with that. 
and the last but not least of the uh, five ways of how to find your niche is done by uh, Sean Kennell from Think Media. This one is talking more about research. 99.9% of creators have done almost zero competitor analysis. And I can hear the objections. Oh, comparison is the thief of joy. I'm not saying compare yourself and get discouraged. I'm saying as a smart strategist, go look at what other options there are out there. Consider the strength of the enemy's forces because the key that you're looking for is your unique edge, your unique difference. So with the Anik and Pat's way of finding your niche, both of them talked about pretty much research. This one goes a little bit more heavier on it and it's super important to do the research from your competitors because what we're not trying to do is be the same. What we're trying to do is find the gap and be the gap. We're not going into a certain market, a certain niche, seeing what the competitors are doing and being like, I got to do exactly that. Uh, a book that I've mentioned multiple times and love to death now is Still Like an Artist. And to where we do have to look at our competitors, see the foundation, find certain parts that we like and kind of make up our own style but as well as us doing that and doing this research, we're going to also find what they're not doing. And what they're not doing is, is where the audience is because the audience is looking for that. The audience is really uh, seeking for something that's a little bit different, right? Now, that doesn't always mean something super drastic. That can mean from a market of people who are normally monotone and you come in with a little bit of energy, right? You could say the same exact thing, but maybe your energy is a little bit different. Maybe where you came from is a bit different, right? There's, there's a lot of things that you will find when you do your competitor analysis of, yo, what platforms are they on? Maybe I should check out TikTok because none of my competitors are on there and I could probably stand out there. Yo, none of them are doing uh, podcasts. Yo, let me go do a podcast. I could probably stand out in that way. Those types of things are important when we're figuring out a niche, when we're figuring out how to stand out, is those competitors, competitor analysis, the research, everything is important to do the prep work before we go and jump out there for the most part, right? It's always good to have that in mind. So that is the five uh, formulas of how to find your niche. And in, the, in our comments, please let us know what your niche is, right? If you're listening to the audio, definitely hit us up on, on Instagram, Twitter, threads. If you're watching this video, definitely hit us up on uh, the comment section of this video, right? Love to know what your niche is or what are which one are you going to take to then find your own niche? You know what I mean?